In the Lab, a Texans podcast that takes a different look at things. Drew Doherty and John Harris have their lab coats and goggles on and the Bunsen burners burning. Here's Drew. Bye week is upon us, but there's no bye for In the Lab. This is Drew, you're John, and we are excited to talk Texans football. And John, we typically do a cream of the crop. The cream of the crop. And we're going to do that today. But what we're going to do is we're going to have our cream of the crop candidate for the first five weeks of the season, each of us. And then we'll also each have a guy who needs to be a cream of the cropper for the final 12. Hasn't done so yet, but... Mm -hmm could possibly have been, you know, an alternate or needs to be one basically for the final 12. First of all, you doing okay? I'm doing okay. Any fun plans? No. No? Uh, This is going to be one of the greatest weekends of college football maybe ever. The games are just insane. Yeah. Absolutely insanity. Tennessee, Alabama, both undefeated, playing in Knoxville. I mean, that's going to be just bonkers. TCU, Oklahoma State, both undefeated. I think games, it's, you know, it's in Fort Worth. That's going to be bonkers. TCU uh, with the big win last week. How about that catch by that receiver? Ooh, Quentin Johnston, number 17 overall in the Harris 100. Pains me to say it as an SMU grad, but that was a heck of a catch. Hey, SMU's got a receiver, too, by the way. Yeah. Dude by the name of Rashi Rice. Ooh. Look good in these colors. Yeah, he would. I wish he and the, the ponies had looked better on Wednesday night. Yeah, last that was week. that yeah, one fun. That's a Wednesday night game. Central that's Florida. That's Anyways. the problem. Yeah. If we go to the Friday night game, they got Navy and our buddy Andre Ware's gonna be calling it, so we got that. That's right. Navy, um they've they've given the, the ponies problems over the years. So anyways, I could that's neither here nor there. But let's talk about a cream of the crop. The cream of the crop. Thank you, Macho Man. A cream of the crop candidate for the first five weeks. And let's rule out the obvious guy. No Damian Pierce. We can't okay. pick Damian Pierce. No, can't pick Damian Pierce. We both, okay. I think, would have picked him, right? I mean, Oh, yeah. In the this, aggregate for five games, yeah. And let me tell you about Damian Pierce off the field from what I've seen. Okay. Unprovoked. He's bringing up, when asked about his performances, he's bringing up, well, it was, it was the line helping me yeah. do this. My, head, my, my running backs coach, Danny Barrett's helping me out. All the veterans are helping me out. Think about it. When Rex Burkhead scored his touchdown a week or two ago, who was the yeah. first guy on the field? Yeah, it was Damian Pierce. Came off the that. bench yeah. to run and celebrate and mm-hmm. and thank Rex Burkhead and, and cheer with Rex Burkhead. He's just a joy in that regard to to see. I mean, I remember after his first game, the preseason one, where he punished people and got about nine yards per. He had a, a ring of reporters around him in the post game. And his locker is up against the wall near one of the exits on one end of the locker room. Yep. And Lovey Smith was leaving for the night. He had already done his press conference. And Lovey was getting a uh, water from the cooler. And he looks over and sees Pierce. And Lovey's a pretty stoic guy mm-hmm. for the most part. He raised his eyebrows, had a, had a little bit of a glint in his eye, a little bit of a smile when he saw Pierce talking. Now, normally, a lot of coaches, they see a rookie chit-chatting and, and yeah. holding court, they're like, not the case. I mean, Damian Pierce is something special. He keeps this up. He's going to be extra special, and Texans fans are going to love, 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 they already do, but love it even more. And one more thing before I turn it over to you about Damian Pierce. His run, amazing. And somebody replied, hey, just give him number 34 already, like Earl Campbell's yeah. number 34, Yeah. to which... I replied with the uh, Tony Montana, take it easy, relax. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah I, saw, I saw your retort. We heard Nick Casario say that on Monday after the game against the Jaguars. He's in the weight room squatting 425. It's amazing. <laughs> I mean, That's he's, Nolan Ryan-ish if you want to talk about 34s. Yeah, 
Keem Elijah won. Yeah. Look, I'm saying the squatting. Yeah. You the, know, like the, the day after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, I mean, Nolan, Nolan made that popular in the 90s, man. Guy mm-hmm. in his 40s. I mean, he was just incredible. But I, I think there's so many things about Damian that, that I love. I think one of them happened after he scored the touchdown the other day. He made a beeline. Like, he ran faster over to Laramie Tunsil than he did on his tackle-breaking run. <laughs> he w- ran right over to Laramie. Now, Bainbridge, Georgia is about three hours away from Jacksonville. Laramie's from Lake City, Florida. He went to Lake City uh, Columbia High School. And that is considered, in the Jacksonville area, whenever we always did greater Jacksonville stats, they would include everybody in the Jacksonville area. Well, they always included Columbia. So Lake City is kind of considered a Jacksonville, like a far west, like think of the furthest west. I mean, even beyond Katy, that's still considered. Sealy? Maybe Sealy, yeah. It's kind of that distance from from Jacksonville, Lake City is. So I don't know if, if Damian did it for that reason or whatever, but he makes a beeline over to Laramie and hands him the ball. Like, you know, Laramie is a Laramie's a very composed, very cool cat. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really get rattled by much. Just very chill. Listen to Sade before the game. He's he, a different dude. Yeah. He took that ball from Damian and spiked it with everything he's got. Our <laughs> our Twitter handle, Texans Twitter handle, had that picture in black and white. It's gorgeous. And it's right at the point where he's the ball's coming out of his hand and hitting the ground. I mean, that thing went up. I mean, I don't know how many yards in the air. But just the thought that Damian was that excited to bring the ball to him, to Laramie, and let him spike it, I thought was really, really cool. And he's done that. He did that on his um his uh he had did he have another touchdown. I'm gonna say he had another touchdown where he did that as well, and he got it to his lineman. It may have been in the preseason, but I just love the way he looks out for his lineman. I love yeah. the way he talks about his lineman. I love the way he deflects praise. Um, and he's just he's been fun to watch. But in the aggregate, for through five games, there's no doubt it's, it's Damian Pierce. So let's move beyond Damian. Who's your guy? I mean, I really want to I really want to say Jalen Petrie. Okay, but oh. I'm gonna leave that on the plate for you if you'd all like right, it. All right, because I am gonna go with the aforementioned. Laramie Tunsil. Hmm. I think Laramie has been really, really good. Now, there have been there have been some plays that I know Laramie would like to have back. We, I, no one, None of us are going to know what the Texans' protection was against the Colts that gave up that sack from EJ Speed, uh, that gave them the fumble, and you know they were able to do something with that. Nobody's going to – I mean, some people think, oh, maybe it was – maybe Laramie's supposed to – we don't know. We don't know what the protection scheme was. A lot of times when we think we know what it is, we don't really know. They have a particular yeah. scheme called – and there's probably a block or two that he probably wishes he could have had in the run game. But, man, he has been fantastic in the run game, better than I think I can remember seeing him. And I thought he was really good the other day. He had a key block on that run of Damien's. They ran a power play. and so so He's improved in the run game. Laramie, there's no question. Laramie blocked down on Roy Robertson-Harris and moved him out of the way. And that distance that he moved Roy Robertson-Harris was enough because Tyler Johnson was getting just enough Rayshon Jenkins. So it was that, that gap... If that gap isn't there, it's just a stop. It's going to be third and five. But because Laramie down blocked and because Johnson got enough of Jenkins, that's enough for Damien to fight through any kind of arm tackle uh, and then get to the secondary. And once he got to the secondary, then he started embarrassing everybody. But I feel like Laramie has been really, really good. Now, are there plays, like I said, that he'd like that back that I feel like he could have done a little bit more with because he is Laramie Tunsil? Sure. But... I think it's been very, very evident how much we missed Laramie last year after week five. He'd gotten hurt in that Patriots game, and then we didn't have him for the rest of the year. But he's playing at a, a top-notch Pro Bowl-like level, and I'm glad. 
over this over the offseason, I remember seeing him tweet something. PFF had put out their their top tackles or something, and they they basically came up with a classification like elite, Pro Bowl level, above average starter, or something like that. And they labeled him like an above average starter or something. And he was kind of like, okay, you'll see. And he's really been showing that through five games. Mm-hmm. So he is such a key because when you start going down the list of players that that the Texans are going to face, think about what they've already faced. And think about what he's going to face. We go out to Las Vegas. He's going to face Chandler Jones and Max Crosby. You know, further on down the list, going to face the Eagles. I mean, they got a million guys they can throw out there. Hassan Reddick, a guy with a bunch of speed he's going to see uh, off the edge. You see the Titans. Now, they don't have Harold Landry, but they still have got Nico Autry, who rushes from the outside some. Bud Dupree for the Titans. He's going to see Josh Allen and uh, Trayvon Walker again when we face the Jaguars. Every single week, he is facing some dude out on the outside. And he's holding his own. And I think Laramie has been the best of the linemen this year. And I think the line, offensive line group overall has taken their game to a different level. And I think Damien's helped that. But I think they've also upped their play, too. And I think that's helped. And I think it will help this offense get better and better as they get more in sync with one another. I like it. I'm going to go with Nico Collins as my Ooh. cream of the cropper so far. I like it. Not just because of what he's done. Because he's had seven catches for 20 yards or more. He's led you in receiving yards each of the last couple of games. And he hasn't exploded. I mean, it hasn't been 100-yard games, but he has gotten deep yards and gotten big chunk, chunk plays, explosive plays. He's been your most explosive player aside from Damian Pierce. But I think what that's also done is given defenses around the NFL that you're going to face – more cause for concern and more things to think about and more things to worry about. And I think that's going to help this offense out as a whole. I think it's going to help Brandon Cooks out. I think it's going to help Damian Pierce out. Because what do we see? Damian Pierce, on 22 of his 26 runs last week, he faced a seven-man at least, sometimes more, seven-man box. So maybe Nico Collins and what he provides as a threat loosens some of that up, and that helps things out. I think you're absolutely right. I've liked that basically based on what he's done and what he's shown could be a problem. So I'm going to go with Nico as my cream of the cropper so far. And I was tempted by Petrie. I was tempted by Jerry Hughes. Yeah. But just sort of in the uh, long term, looking at the long game of this, give me Collins. I think it's good. I think you bring up a, a number of different things. We had a conversation with Nick this week, and we were talking about – this goes back to Pierce, but it also made me think of somebody that he coached that you had to – you had to figure out how to play alongside this guy, and that was Randy Moss. Who is Nico Collins' all-time favorite retired NFL player. Right. When I told Nico after the game that he mossed him, he was like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, wait till you see it, dude. You mossed him good. He goes, oh, man, can't wait to see it. So he was excited about that when I told him that catch. But the one thing that, that I asked Nick about, it had to do with Damian Pierce because Mark and I had this conversation about learning and adapting Mark's calls to say he's down, he's tackled. No, he's out of it. And I said, he goes, I have to adapt. And I said, well, you adapted when you had DeAndre Hopkins, right? And so I asked Nick the question of, hey, the offensive line has to sort of adapt with Damian Pierce, sort of like, didn't Tom Brady have to adapt with mm-hmm. Randy Moss? Mm-hmm. And my point with bringing that up as it pertains to Nico is, there's a particular way that you have to approach throwing a ball to Nico. Now, he's not always going to be open like he was in the first catch where he just ran a beautiful out route and you know, open, hit it, first down, let's go. There are going to be times where it doesn't look like he's open, but he's open. And I think it was the same way that Tom Brady was was having to deal with Randy Moss. And and they didn't really have 
time during the, the preseason, Nick was telling us to really get together. They had like two or three practices, and then Randy got hurt. And he really wasn't ready to the first game of the year. And they just picked up, boom. They they clicked right away. Mm-hmm. But it still took a while to really know for Tom, like, is he really open? I mean, it's Randy Moss. He's open. It's kind of the same thing with Nico. Doesn't matter what dude's on him. There's no corner in the league that's going to be Nico's size. So every corner is going to be smaller than him. So Davis adapting to how do you throw the ball to Nico. It kind of goes against what you've learned from a quarterback throw, the open guy, right? Mm-hmm. Well, doesn't look like Nico's open, but he's actually open. It was like Hopkins. Hop was always open because the ball was in the vicinity. He had a chance to reach out, snag it, fight through a guy. He was he was always open. I mean, and sometimes he even said that to quarterbacks. But I think Nico's the same kind of way. He's not as forceful as Hop would be about it, but it's like, I'm open. I'm open. Yeah, this dude's smaller than me. Throw it up. Give me a shot. I can go get it. And so much is made, justifiably so, about his frame, his size, all that stuff. He's sneaky fast, man. Yeah, yeah. He is really, really not did, sneaky fast. He's just fast. Do you see him pull away from Campbell? That was impressive. Well, and think about the the fifty eight yarder the week before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was running twenty plus miles per hour on. That he one. ran by J C Jackson. Yeah. and the safety who was a little late getting over, but he ran by J C Jackson. He, it's a it's an underlooked part of his game. Yes. His speed. It's very much very so. very fast guy. Okay, so cream of the cropper, somebody who needs to be a cream of the cropper for the final twelve games. <laughs> I'm tempted to say Christian Harris because we've heard mm-hmm. a few times yeah. linebacker play needs to be, and you, maybe you want to choose him. But I'm just going to go with pass rusher X. And I I want it to be Jonathan Grenard. Okay. Um, I think that's a good one. And I think I'm going to go with – I think I'm just going to go ahead that, and go with Jonathan Grenard. It's a good one. Before the season started, he said, hey, I, I – in, in addition to wanting to get more sacks, more importantly, I want to be on the field all 17 games. Now, wasn't able to do that because he missed last week because of injury, but – Let's get healthy over the bye. Let's be ready to rock against yep. the Raiders, and let's get some sacks. Let's start getting after the quarterback, yes. hitting the quarterback, because I think that's one thing the Texans could have done better this last week against the Jaguars. Maybe Harry, uh, Trevor Lawrence a little bit better. Certainly could have been better against the Chargers. They didn't hit, yep. hit the quarterback enough, Absolutely. Justin Herbert. So let's get after him. Let's see some some affects on the quarterback. So give me Jonathan Grenard. I want some sacks. And I want some, uh, I want some big plays, some hits. Interesting, you bring up Grenard because I was thinking D line too, but I'm going inside. Okay. And I think Malik Collins played his best game of the year last uh, last week against the Jaguars. I guess a few days ago um, against the Jaguars, I thought he was, you know, he's been dealing with a knee issue, and I don't know how much that's been hampering him, but he just hasn't looked the same. But when put in pass rush situations the other day. He got some one-on-one battles, and he was able to win them. Now, he didn't – there was one throw that Trevor threw high where Malik had, had beaten a guard. He had beaten Sheriff pretty pretty handily and got into uh, Trevor's face, and Trevor had to throw it a little high. I think it was incomplete. But I felt like that was his best game. He had the fourth and one. He was helpful in the fourth and one stop. It wasn't, it wasn't just him. I think he was the key guy. But he, Kurt Heinisch, they were both there, able to make that stop on fourth and one in the fourth quarter, which was big. So I think – that Malik Collins is a guy along those lines of John Grenard. He's maybe the most visible of the interior guys. I mean, across the league, like, hey, who plays in the interior? I don't think anybody would say Roy Lopez or Kurt Heinish um, or Booker, Dwump for anybody, anybody like that. They would say, oh, yeah, Malik Collins. I mean, yeah. just because he's been around the league. Those other guys have got to step up play, too. I think the second quarter, sorry, second half against the Jaguars, 
that group started playing much better together. And because of that, they slowed down the running game that they've got to continue to do over the second half. But Malik has got to be that pass-run threat. He's got to be the guy that's penetrating, but penetrating to a point where it's where it's affecting where the running backs are going. In the past game, he's got to be pushing quarterbacks off the spot, getting pressure at their feet. I think Malik is a guy over the next 12 weeks. You get great play out of Malik and Grenard going forward. You got an opportunity to do some things in the you second half. Get some half more takeaways. Yeah, if, you, if you're messing with the quarterback, you're going to get some takeaways. Absolutely, no doubt. Petrial feast, Sting little feast, Stephen Nelson, who's I think a definite candidate for uh, cream of the crop. He will also feast. Okay, hey, this is fun, man. It's Can't fun. wait to do it again next week. We'll be getting ready for the Raiders, but have a great weekend of college football. Oh yeah. Have a good end of the week. Oh yeah. I'm gonna go to the Astros game on Thursday. Play some, Are you? Play some hooky. On, I love it. And not really play hooky because we'll be off. But uh, game two. Game two. Yeah. Nice. That is awesome. <laughs> I'm envious. Should be. I'm envious. Let's go Astros. Let's go Go Texans. Go Texans. And we will be back on In the Lab in one week. So long.